Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. special we've got some chefs here in the building um we'll start with my friend from the 703 the 402 Sir Aaron Sirius Simmons how you doing tonight brother what's up my man how we doing first and foremost it's 412 and 703 man get it get it right man you know what this 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 this, this day has been a staple here at Sports City for for quite a while um, and it's a pleasure and an honor to be able to sit here with you gentlemen and just kind of think ahead to, to what's going to happen potentially on Thursday, man. Uh, good to talk to you, man. And we've also got the villain here in the building uh, saving me from my muted mic. Villain, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Everybody thinks I'm the, a bad guy, but I just saved – I saved – I saved controversy. That's what – that's what villains – do. Okay, that's what villains do, but it's good to hear your voices, brothers. How y'all doing, man? We are doing great, and we've also got Mike here in the building. As soon as, there we go. Man. Everything's going to great. This, uh, Mark, I'm looking forward to doing this with you guys. Sounds great. All right, so here are the rules. We, um, we are shifting picks. Um, we did have one late cancellation. Um, shout out to Dave and thoughts and prayers to him and his family as they're going through some stuff right now. So we're going to be doing this a little jump around. We'll, we'll be splitting his picks. But other than that, we're going to be going in order. 
five minutes um, max selection time. And on top of that, uh, no trades. I know trades will happen in the real draft, but they're too hard to predict anyway. So um, with that said, we are going to open up the draft, and I'm going to start with the first overall pick. And that is the Carolina Panthers who traded up with the Chicago Bears uh, to take the number one overall pick. And um, basically, it's the question of which quarterback they happen to be taking. And at this point, there's only um, all of the rumor mill has pushed it towards one person. And I'm going to keep it chalk for the number one overall pick. With the first overall pick, the Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young, a quarterback from Alabama. Long story short, um, and short is exactly what, how I would describe Bryce Young, but... <laughs> you already um, started. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if this is the right choice. Um, the The most recent history of Alabama quarterbacks and diminutive quarterbacks and definitely a guy at the lower one, lower first percent of, um, of weight makes it sound like he is a, an injury waiting to happen. I mean, Devonta Smith seemed to, um, do very well for himself at the wide receiver position in spite of that exact same, uh, exact same statistic, but, I, um, but it makes me very nervous. Um, but this is who the Panthers select, and it is now going to go to Sirius with the second overall pick. Houston Texans are on the clock. We're not going to talk about that first pick. We're just going to shit on it. You're going to take a big dump on it? <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I, I don't hate the pick, you know, Bryce Young there, but obviously, I, I think, I, I think for me, if I'm the Carolina Panthers sitting at one, that go get your guy. If he's your guy, go get your guy. And, and, and I think out of the quarterbacks, um, you know, in this upcoming draft, I think he. Um, and possibly C.J. Stroud are the most ready, and I just put—I I think Bryce Young is a little bit better than C.J. Stroud, but Tom Tom Yeah, I mean, I like the pick, guys. I—I I think it's chalk, but um, I think at the quarterback position, he's not the most physically um, gifted—not not in the le- level of what we're seeing from Richardson and company. But I think he's the most talented quarterback in the draft, and I think you, you can't pass on. Right, right. I think right. the man can make. I think the man can make big time throws. Um, you know, as he said, he's been for his whole life. Uh, you know, you're going to have to do things like this guy on the edge and, and do things like that to give him, you know, room to see down the field. And then it's going to rely on really a lot of chemistry with uh, receivers and that kind of thing in time and making sure they're on the same page. So, I. I think he may struggle some, but I think he uh, at, at Times, but if he's allowed to work with the same receivers for a while and establish rapport, I think he's got a chance to be very good. I think it'll take some time, but I I don't know. I I kind of 
I kind of lean a different direction, but I can understand why you would pick Stroud with this pick, and that's probably what uh, I can see why they would do it. Oh, I, I took uh, Bryce Young, not Stroud. I meant Bryce Young. I, I kind of hey, – uh, It's definitely been chalk for a long time, uh, C.J. Stroud, and everything flipping. Hmm. Honestly, I think that – I think I would probably take Stroud if I was doing who I was actually going to pick as opposed to who I think they're going to pick. Um, I think they will pick Young, but I think it's a mistake. I think Stroud's probably going to end up being the better quarterback of the four, and that's tough because they all have warts, but um, that is who I think they will take at number one overall. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so while we were talking, I was on the phone working, you know, some things as the Houston Texas general manager – um, and I believe we have arrived at a decision. With the, with the second pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select Will Anderson, outside linebacker for the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think personally, gentlemen, um, this is arguably one of the the, 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 the best options for the Houston Texans. I know everybody's going to look at potentially going quarterback here with one-two. I just think, honestly, with Domenico Ryans as their new head coach, I think he's a defensive-minded guy. I think he's going to want to get somebody in the building that has the same type of pedigree as him, who can rush the passer, who can be his green dot on day one. Um, And I just think that ultimately – this is what the Houston Texans are thinking. Obviously, quarterback is going to be an issue of need for this team. Um, they also need some other weapons. But I think for the second overall pick, um, I think Will Anderson is the better guy to go with here. All right. So, um, I mean, it's definitely a pick that's picking up a lot of traction in um, in the, uh, the room rail circles. And – Will Anderson is probably the only player that has that they interviewed at the combine, at his pro day, and as a private workout. So they've definitely been doing a lot of homework on this guy. Um, honestly, I can't um, I can't knock the pick. They are a team that needs literally everything. Um, they and um, while they've kind of started to plug holes. Um, At the end of the day, they still have um, a – the only thing they did um, addressing the edge rusher position um, thus far this offseason was uh, sign Chase, Chase Winovich, and that's not getting the job done if you are the Houston Texans, so I think it's a great pick. I think it's the, the right pick as a player. I think it's the wrong pick. As an organization, I, I think of Mario Williams back in the day when they, they passed on the quarterback to draft him. Um, I think of a lot of teams that have passed on quarterbacks to draft defensive players like Miles Garrett. Um, it, <laughs> defensive players at the number one, two, or three pick don't win your championships. Quarterbacks, we will. So. I would have gone quarterback, but I I know the rumor mill hat is wild with this pick going defense. So 
Um, I like I said, not the not the wrong clear. I think you have to go quarterback, but I think they're trying to gamble that they'll get the guy at twelve. I think that I think two things. I think. Anderson is probably the best player overall by position in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see why I, I get what you're saying about the similar pedigree, you know, Alabama linebacker and all this. I think so. I think maybe if there's a guy that that we will talk about later on available, they may grab that. But here's the other thing: um, the Miko Ryan's has a multi-year contract. If you're the Texans and you play the one game, even if you're not great this year, you you might be in a position to draft Caleb Williams next year. And I understand you don't want to, like, punt and wait for a season or whatever else. But at the same time, if you take this draft and you stockpile as much talent as you can, um, then – maybe you put yourself in a position to where you could make that run at, at that upper echelon quarterback the next year. Because I don't care what they draft. This team's not in the playoffs next year, especially if Davis Mills is, is running the show at quarterback. They're not there. So <clears throat> maybe you start trying to bring in uh, talent to put around that next franchise quarterback that you bring in. But does it really take too put many – no, I, I wanted to say something about that. I wanted us to put a pen in that statement for tomorrow mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, um, the Texans play in arguably the worst division in football. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of question marks with the other three teams in that division. Um, I don't think it's going to take much for them to win it. Um, now, am I picking them to win the division? Heck no. But ultimately – um, you know why not then? Why not now? Sort of as sort of, sort, of, sort of mindset. Um, if the Houston Texans get a couple breaks and bounces their way, it's very possible they find themselves in the playoffs. But we'll talk about that you tomorrow. Have Trevor on Lawrence Wednesday get show. Yeah, I don't think they'll well, do I that mean, over Trevor they... Lawrence. And, 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 and serious, here's here's why I have to go quarterback. I don't disagree with your pick. I would go quarterback because the AFC is loaded with quarterbacks. If you don't have a quarterback in that conference, you ain't winning nothing. But the thing is, you got to be able to stop somebody, too. No, that's true. That's why I, it's able, not a terrible pick, but I, I build yeah. around the quarterback first. No, go ahead. Okay, I, still, I still think there's something to be said for best player in the draft. And, and I do think, regardless of position, I, I believe Will Anderson could be the best player in this draft. All right, so I am on again. This is, was originally Dave's pick. Um, we So I'm taking over for the Arizona Cardinals um, <clears throat> with the third overall pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so right now, the first thing I'm doing is trying like mad to trade down. And I think that's what they plan on doing on draft day is to find somebody to trade down with, be it Detroit at six, uh, Oakland at seven, um, perhaps uh, Tennessee at 11. The Packers are uh, are now a sneaky um, option at 13. 
uh, if they really don't believe in um, in Jordan Love. And then, of course, Washington at 16 is probably about as far as they're willing to go, but there's no trades in this draft. So um, at this point, I'm looking at um, defensive line and cornerback are probably going to be the spots that I'm going to be looking at right now. So that puts me between Jalen Carter and Devin Witherspoon. And with that said, with the third overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Jalen Carter, defensive lineman out of Georgia. Ooh. Okay. Okay. At the end of the day, I took this pick because of the fact that um, Carter is in a league by himself when it comes to the defensive tackle class, in in terms of this defensive tackle class. He is above and beyond the the next guy who you could argue between three or four different people, Um, but none of them hold a candle to Carter, and it's going to show on draft day. So they're going to bolster the trenches and um, be cognizant of the, the character concerns, but everything I've heard from the um, from the rumor mill is that everybody that he's talked to um, in private sessions has came off impressed with the uh, with the talk. So Jalen Carter, number three to the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, so a lot of things are swirling through my mind with this particular pick. I, I mean, I like the player, um, but I think he instantaneously goes over to the Arizona Cardinals and, and does significant work over there. Um, my only question with them is that they have so many significant needs um, Elsewhere, I'm not too sure they go Jalen Carter there. I would have probably went with somebody like a Tyrese Wilson. Um, I probably would have went to somebody, um, maybe like a Devin Witherspoon, the the cornerback from Illinois. Um, however, I mean Jalen Carter is not a bad pick by by no stretch of the imagination. So if you were to if you were to go there at three, um, let's keep in mind. This is a guy who arguably, before his off-the-field situation, you know, became public and started to take on a life into itself, he was arguably, the, you know, one of the top three, top four, top five picks in this draft anyway. So for him to overcome all of that and work his way uh, to Arizona at three pending, you know, them trading down or whatever is something spectacular. So, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm not mad at the pick. From my seat, um, I don't think the Cardinals will be picking at three. I, I feel like there's at least six teams that have inquired about this pick. I think they'll they'll strike a deal and trade out of it. If they do pick it, I don't see Carter going to them. I, I agree with Sirius. I think they go for the, the edge rush out of Texas Tech and Wilson. But um, you can't go wrong if you, you're stuck with this quit pick, quote-unquote, and you pick Carter. I don't think that's a bad thing at all, but I agree with Sirius. They have a lot of needs that they need a lot of draft uh, picks to come this year. Yeah, for the record, I do also believe that they're trading down this year. But, Mike, what do you think? I think that they are praying 
that Will Anderson is available. <laughs> but but I think that I think that Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are the best two defensive guys in this draft, and maybe maybe have the opportunity, uh, barring injuries, to have the longest, most productive careers of anybody in this draft. Listen, I watched Jalen Carter just flat out disrespect Jaden Daniels and LSU. The man picked him up with one hand, threw up a number one as he slammed him down. <laughs> like, just flat out, just disrespectful. Yeah, I mean, he, he picked him up like he was a middle school kid. Um, his, his athletic ability jumps off the page. He is, uh, he is a freak at that position. And I don't care what other needs that you have. I think this guy has the ability to be a difference maker um, for a long period of time and can affect a game. I'm not saying like Aaron Donald, um, and I'm not saying he's he's that type of player, but I am saying like uh, it, it's rare to find a defensive guy on the inside who can really, really have a tremendous impact on the game uh, as a whole. And and I think he's one of those guys. So, um, in, in my opinion, just as far as raw talent, he may be the second best player in this draft. All right. With that said, um, you are on the clock now with the Indianapolis Colts, Mike. Okay. So, um, I'm running to the uh, podium with this pick before anybody can change their mind and tell me that I can't pick. Um, with, uh, so with the fourth pick of the 2023 draft, the Indianapolis Colts select CJ Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. Uh, there are some people that feel like he is the most pro-ready. Uh, I don't know as far as between him and Young, we'll see. But what I can tell you is that Georgia defense was top-notch this past year, and I watched him play probably the best game he played all year uh, when the chips were down in the in the college football playoffs. And it's not his fault that this team did not win that game and advanced to play for a championship. Ohio State gave Georgia everything they wanted and more and had to have a couple things go their way at the very, very end and things bounce just right for them to be able to pull that game out. And I feel like if they had advanced, they would have probably done something very similar to TCU uh, that Georgia did. So uh, this guy, uh, tall, NFL-ready, and I know there's other guys being rumored to go there, but if you're the Indianapolis Colts and he's there, as a matter of fact, go ahead and write his name down on a slip of paper right now. Uh, in case he is there with pick four, that way you don't have any confusion and you run it up to the podium and you take C.J. Stroud. And the Colts can finally stop playing. You know, maybe you have Minshew around if you need, you know, if, if the guy needs to develop a little bit, but they can finally stop playing veteran quarterback roulette and they can finally bring a guy in to develop as a long-term answer at the quarterback position because, as Barry said earlier, that's what you need in the AFC. Yeah, I, I love the pick. Uh, C.J. Stroud kind of comps to me to Jared Goff, um, maybe a rich man's Jared Goff, um, even though Goff was 
himself a number one overall pick. Um, I I know the big rumors around the S2 test were a thing, but I mean, if there's a test that you can take on an iPad and an Xbox, I will wait for further, um, let's put it this way, I'll wait for further um, development and results before I pass on a quarterback because of that. Um, but this is quite possibly the best case scenario for Indianapolis and a slam dunk pick in my, in my opinion. I I have to agree. If he's still on the board, um, the Colts are running to the podium to get this kid. And I don't know where the slander coming from uh, talking about him. There's always a quarterback in the draft that kind of gets talked down and run down a little bit. And it's all usually an Ohio state quarterback, but this kid has pretty much everything you like at the position. I don't see, I don't know if the Colts love Levis as much as they do, they pass him. But if Stroud is sitting there for, they have to pick him. And I think they will. So for me, um, I don't, I don't like the pick, but I don't hate it. And, and here's why. I, I, I am a firm believer that each man unto himself has the right and the privilege to write his his or her own story. Um, it doesn't matter where you come from, um, you know, who preceded you or anything like that. But ultimately, I am a creature of statistics. I'm a creature of, of patterns. And it just so happened that the Ohio State quarterback situation has not fared ultimately well. Now, albeit, I will say this, nine times out of ten it's because they're getting drafted into situations that is not set up for them to succeed. Um, So I I, I will grade them, you know, with that. However, I do think C.J. Stroud for Indianapolis at four um, is going to be the pick. Um, I would again. I would love to see him go a different direction, um, but arguably these are the top two quarterbacks in this upcoming draft. Um, based off what they were able to do at the collegiate level, I do think C.J. Stroud is going to go in there and, and give it his best, especially if the Indianapolis Colts are able to hold on to their weapons. I'm talking Michael Pittman. I'm talking about Pierre. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor returns to form. So, you know, he's going to be set up in a much better situation than the quarterbacks that left Ohio State um, and got drafted into the league before him. So, with that being said, uh, again, I, I think he just drops the guy there. And, again, I'm with, I'm with the rest of you gentlemen. If he's sitting there at four, this, 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 the commissioner should be just stand up there after the third pick because I, I think this is going to be the pick. All right, sounds good. Uh, Villain, you are on the clock with the Seattle Seahawks. I will tell you yeah. this. Uh, I'm sorry. Real, real quick, Go I ahead, just want to get one last thing in. I, I, I know there's four quarterbacks talked about in the first round, possibly a fifth if some team really falls in love with the prospect. I don't – this is a better quarterback class than last year, but I'm not, I'm not super thrilled uh, – with any of these guys uh, past the top two, I'll be honest with you, um, at least staking the uh, fate of my franchise on. So uh, I, I think it has to be Stroud versus the other guy that uh, is about to come up in a few minutes. All 
All right, Villain, you're up. Villain? So, Seattle at the number five pick, I would have taken Jalen Carter. Um, I think he will fall. I don't think the Cardinals, like we all said, will be at that spot. I think Carter will fall to Seattle. But if the chalk plays out the way it does, if I'm Seattle, um, I am going to go a little bit, not unconventional, a little bit against the green, and I'm going to pick with this this overall pick. I'm going to pick – where's my music? Yeah, hit hit, hit the hit the. With the fifth overall pick, I'm picking Tyree Wilson, defensive end, Texas Tech. I mean, honestly, yes, sir. I I really feel like it's the safe pick if they are at this point. I don't see them going quarterback at five. I while I think they should, I just don't think Richardson is that high of a pick to to go to take him and put him on the bench behind Geno Smith. I think Geno gives you a couple years that you can adjust and find your quarterback of the future afterwards. So if I'm building the team that went to the playoffs but needed some defense, while I think Witherspoon is a, is a good pick, I think if if will I think if he's there, I think if Wilson is there, I'm picking him 6-6. Six, six, Big rusher. Um, he has probably he has a lot of raw strength, but he has a lot of room to grow. And I think um, in the right situation, you can find yourself a really good defensive end at this pick. Yeah, defensive end is a huge need for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, they had one of the worst pass rushes in the NFL last year. They could, they're probably going to take another defensive end at this position uh, or take another defensive end later on in the draft. I would not be surprised at all. Um, Ty, I'm not the biggest Tyree Wilson fan. Um, I just, when players have that level, that, that poor of college production in spite of astounding tools to be able to produce at that um produced at the collegiate level it definitely flies a red flag to me um but i have no doubt that somebody's going to take him high and i would say um that probably um atlanta is his floor so it's not that far off so for me the Kyrie Wilson thing comes down to this his health you know, he, he, he dealt with a foot injury, um, and he, according to what I'm understanding and reading based off of where he's currently at, he was just now cleared uh, to medically start training and doing some things. Um, so I don't know if teams are going to shy away from that because um, obviously they want to get him in the building and, you know, get him on the grass or whatever the case may be. But I think, obviously, with his skill set and what he's put on tape, I think Tyree Wilson is going to be a great pickup uh, for the Seattle Seahawks um, if they do not do something else. Um, you know, maybe they may be a trade partner for, for another team or something like that. But if they stay sitting here at five, I, I, I don't hate the fact that Tyree Wilson goes to them to, to, to fill a much needed need um, at defensive end. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I think my bad. I'm, I'm sorry, I was talking on mute. No, I, 
I think the defensive end is definitely a need for uh, the Seahawks. They have to be able to uh, rush the passer, and th- this is a guy that, that helps them fill that need. So I definitely agree with that, and I would uh, – I would. I, this is a good pick for them. There's a couple other names that I, that I really might look at here, but uh, I, I think this is a good pick. All right, I'm back on deck with the um, with the Detroit Lions. Um, so I would still be looking to trade in either direction. I think that um, attempting to jump up to two or three for Anderson or Carter um, is definitely in the um, in the realm of possibility. The Detroit Lions have nine draft picks um, set up uh, in this year's NFL draft so they have the capital to move they have did a very good job in free agency trying to plug those holes so they don't have a lot of needs left um, but with the way the board fell there's not anybody I'm particularly looking at for the um, the defensive end position um, tight end is not something you draft in round one and I can't really bring myself to Put in for a Kalijah Kansi or um, or Brian Breesy or take your um, your pick at um, at uh, three tech um, defensive tackle here. There's just nobody worthy of that pick at this level, and I am also not really feeling a Jackson Smith and Jigba pick here either. So, looking at uh, the future for Detroit, they do have. Um, I believe one defensive back that is on the um, that's on the roster under contract past this year. So with that said, um, and as the board kind of laid out with the sixth pick in the 2023 NFL draft, The Detroit Lions select David Witherspoon, cornerback from Illinois. Yeah, I love this pick. I think um, he's the perfect cornerback in a Dan Campbell type of defense. I think that there is a definite need after they traded their corner um, that we talked about a couple shows ago, a couple weeks ago. So this is a perfect player. I think the best cornerback in the draft to put in he could probably come in, start day one, and away you go. Arguably, this is one of the top three cornerbacks in this draft. I'm sure the other two will be named later on. Um, but honestly, if you look at the Detroit Lions and what they were able to build, um, you know, I I love this pick. I really love this pick for the Detroit Lions. They, they, they went out this offseason and addressed some significant needs. Um, spend some money on, on, on that position, um, but yet, like, like you alluded to, you know, before you drafted them, uh, there's only one guy that's there after this year. Um, Witherspoon can come in, you know, play some sub package football, get in, the, get in the playbook, learn some things. You know, again, anybody can get hurt. Uh, he, I mean, again, he, he, I think he's a plug and play day one type of guy. Um, so I love this pick. I also like the fact that you didn't go running back with, with this early um, with the sixth pick here. You know, obviously 
there's been some running backs linked to Detroit with the with the situation um, going on there with Swift, you know, being really the only guy there and whatnot. So um, I do like the fact that you know you went decent there and not necessarily fell over with the running back, which I'm sure will be a topic of discussion later on with the second pick. But I, I, I like where the spoon going at six. Michael? Yeah, I think that everybody needs quarters in this uh, in this game. I mean, the most two most valuable pieces on the defense are edges and corners. And so uh, this is one of the two guys or one of the three guys that I would really consider with that first pick. So, And I also think that I know there's some temptation. And, you know, T.P. and I were talking at the uh, – on the time of Sunday morning brunch, shameless plug, uh, and he mentioned the running back here. And I just don't, like, uh, you know, offense, you know, puts people in the seats, and you got to be able to score in this league. But the thing that the Lions need to do most is address the defensive side of the football. And I think offensively as constructed, they have a chance to really score some points and put up some numbers. But they've got to address the defensive side of the football. And so, yeah, I, here, uh, there's a couple of directions I could have seen going right here. Um, you could have got an edge guy. You could have gotten the kid out of uh, Georgia uh, who could be a difference maker with his speed as well. But I like the pick. Uh, one more thing I will say before we move on to the Oakland Raiders. This is definitely a big trade down opportunity as well. Um, I'm just looking at Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, both available at six. Um, that does place teams like the Houston Texans, the Tennessee Titans, and if the Raiders wanted to secure one quarterback or the other with that pick, they're all definitely options to for the Lions to move down and probably still get either Witherspoon or, um, or Gonzalez at the cornerback position. But with that said, uh, Sirius, you are up with the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, the Las Vegas Raiders have been a question mark all all, all season. Um, they really wasn't big players um, in signing, you know, a, a decent quarterback that went on and picked up Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I, I believe they franchise tag, you know, Jacobs. He's a guy who – um, you know, may need to, you know, talk about getting paid later on down the road. Um, there's a couple ways you can go with this particular pick, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, without, you know, trading back or trading up, I do believe that the pick is in and that the – here you hit the button real quick. With the seventh pick of the 2023 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Paris Johnson, offensive lineman from the Ohio State University. Um, my thinking behind this is, 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 is multiple, multiple facets in the simple fact that you just spent some significant money bringing in a quarterback who has been injury prone. You do want to get back to running the football. Um, and kind of that smash mouth mentality that was brought over from Josh McDaniels and the New England Patriots. 
Um, so with that being said, you want to get the best offensive lineman, in my opinion, in this draft. I think Paris Johnson comes in and starts to maul people. Um, think Trent, you know, think um, Trent Williams 2.0, if you will. When you look at this guy, he's big. He he moves exceptionally well. Um, you know, and, and I think that he's a plug and play day one type of guy who will really be able to go in there and solidify a the league one of the league's worst offensive lines um, in some time. Um, gone are the days where Derek Carr is back there trying to make chicken salad out of chicken crap. You know, we leave that to, you know, him at the Who That Nation now. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go in there and try to run a little bit of read options, um, try to get the ball out quick to Devontae Adams. Um, in order to do that and to run the style of offense that Josh McDaniels needs to run, you need a solid offensive tackle um, and offensive line to do that. And, you know, getting Paris Johnson at seven will go a long way. Uh, to have them get that done. So I, I'm honestly surprised. I was definitely expecting Will Levis or Anthony Richardson to be here at the pick. It's not. Um, I, I, I would be very surprised if the um, if the Raiders made the decision that Jimmy Garoppolo was the reason why they didn't go quarterback at at seven. Um, the San Francisco 49ers didn't seem to think that way. And um, when he was available for trade, nobody thought he was uh, a starter well enough to actually go out and trade and secure him. And if you thought at all that he was a starter, then that would be the, um, that would be the choice. I don't dislike the pick for a lot of reasons, because this is a very weak offensive tackle class. So the fact that um, they might not have one that's capable of starting when they get when it gets back to them in round two, so I don't hate the pick in that way. But oof. Um, we'll see what happens with them this year, I guess. Once again, yeah, I think I, this this offensive line, offensive tackle position is probably deep one through four, maybe five, and then by the time it comes around the second round. I don't think you're going to find a, a pro-ready player at that position. Um, I love this part of the show because I just absolutely love disagreeing with Sirius, and I can't tell you how much I disagree with this pick. Not to say that I disagree with Paris. Paris is the best tackle in this draft, the most pro-ready. I think 20, uh, 26 starts in two years has gone into the Big Ten, which very well. College playoff against very good competition gave up, I think, only two sacks last year. But at the number seven pick, unless he is, like, a, a, a Hall of Fame caliber tackle, I, I can't pass on the quarterback at this pick. So I like Paris. I think he's the best tackle in this draft. I think if you're going to draft the tackle, I think you trade back. I think you and you try to get him at the maybe 13, 12 to fifteen range. I don't think those two. I think the the Jets, the Packers, maybe the Jets, definitely the Jets and the uh, Patriots are tackle ready. So I don't wouldn't go past them. But I I would trade out of this pick if I'm picking Paris. I think that if you have 
an offensive lineman that you love, you get him. I do not believe in these other two quarterbacks that are mentioned, and I don't think that either one of those guys are going to carry a franchise very far. I could be wrong. Um, I'm not a believer in Will Levis, and we'll talk about him more as it comes up. Um, I, I'm not a believer, at least at this point, in Anthony Richardson. I hope both of these young men prove me wrong. I'm not a believer in either one of these guys. Um, I probably might have gone. Uh, I might have gone defensive back or edge with this pick, but knowing how bad the line is, um, if you feel like you need a tackle, you go get one. And I agree. I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is the answer, but I think his familiarity with McDaniel's is what's going to get him on the field more this year. And once again, this could be another team in the sweepstakes for Caleb Williams next year. I can't so... wait a year to try to get the quarterback. I, I can't do that. I don't know if he's going to be there. I don't know where I'm picking. I know I'm picking number seven this year. I got Jimmy Garoppolo for one, maybe two years. I get Richardson sit him on the bench, let him learn. And I think the, the the crap about him being inaccurate is is what it is. It's crap. Who was he throwing to at Florida? I mean, we got to be smarter than, than the tape. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, I, I understand so what you're him. saying, and I'm not necessarily saying that you're wrong. And I, I think the kid, you know, I, I'm just not sure that he's a franchise guy. And I'm not sure that I wait – uh, I'm not sure that if I pick a guy, to your same point, if I pick a guy with a number seven pick at quarterback, I want it to be a guy that I really believe in my, you know, I can stake my uh, franchise on. And I'm not sure that Richardson's that guy. I, honestly, I, I think the kid probably should have come back to school and, and had another year of seasoning. I, I don't know that he's ready. If he goes to the right system where he can really learn, uh, then I think that, you know, the tools are there. Right, like the the talent jumps off the page at you, um, and I'm just not sure that, uh, you know, I'm not sure that this is the right fit or that I would take him with the seventh pick. So my only thing is, and then I guess we can keep him moving, is you build from the inside out, right? So ultimately, you don't want to waste round one capital like like. Mr. Harvey said, on a project that you are not convinced will be able to come in and lead your team. Not to mention, you got to figure out a fifth-year option on that guy. So there's more financial compensation tied up to a project than it would be a guy who you can plug and play and just set it and forget it, if you will. Let's, I mean, listen, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, like, I, I, I don't think he's going to play a full 17. You know, he, he's going to get hurt eventually because that's just been how his player card has read over the course of his career. However, I forget if it was, you know, Villain or, or Mr. Harvey that said his familiarity with Josh McDaniels is going to really win him some, some favor. Um, and not to mention he is going to be throwing to a guy – who literally, you know, has gold jacket written all over him um, when his career is set and over, and that's, that, that's going to be the first time he's going to have that. So with that being said, I do believe that 
going Paris Johnson here is the smart move. Now, I will say this, for all intents and purposes and for argument's sake, it wouldn't shock me if they went Anthony Richardson. It wouldn't shock me if they went Will Levitt's or, you know, the brother from Tennessee, Hooker. I'm not, it wouldn't shock me if they did some crazy stuff like that and did that because that's what the Raiders have been known to do. But, you know, we're supposed to put our GM hats on and kind of help these teams help themselves, if you will. And I think Paris Johnson, you know, especially if he falls to him at seven, is the best person for the job there. All right, Mike, you are on with back-to-back picks. Um, You've got Atlanta first and then the Chicago Bears. Okay, so with the eighth pick, uh, the Atlanta Falcons take the Georgia boy and the edge guy, Nolan Smith. I just think he's a super athletic freak. He gives in uh, another guy that can rush the passer and a guy that can disrupt the uh, they can disrupt uh, offenses a little bit. And the one thing that Atlanta did not do very well at all was put pressure on opposing quarterbacks, and they weren't disruptive at all uh, to other teams' passing games. So I think the athletic ability jumps off the page at you here, and I just think he's a, he's a hard prospect to pass up. I was hoping that uh, for the Falcons that Jalen Carter, uh, much too unfairly, would slide and maybe be available here. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen for them, but I would take Nolan Smith, I think, here from the Falcons. I don't know how Atlanta doesn't pick Nolan Smith at this position. I think the biggest need is receiver, but I don't think this is a receiver class. So if you're going defense and they need help on defense, particularly edge, interior, defense alignment, probably linebacker, I don't know how you pass on this kid. I really like the um, – I really like the player. I really like Nolan Smith. Um, I think um, – I mean, he's definitely got the physical tools, and when you watch the tape – in um in uh um, on the Georgia Bulldogs he he definitely ticks all the boxes he can pass rush um he his numbers didn't jump off the page but when you're talking about a Georgia Bulldogs defensive line they um they the defensive line specifically always focuses on stopping the run and you can tell that um, Nolan Smith did that in spades. Uh, I am going to mention that the quarterback is definitely still an option for the Atlanta Falcons at number eight. When we go take a look at their, um, their private visits, they did go through and talk to um, literally every quarterback just in case one of the many fall down to them. Well, the top four falls down to them at eight. So it's entirely possible that they go for that, even though um, they pretend to be um they pretend to be okay with uh Desmond Ritter but um I'm not going to poo poo the Nolan Smith pick cuz I cuz um chalk says that they're going to he's going to drop pretty far like into the like 20s or so but I think that that's not accurate at all I think that he very well could go to the top 10 or 12 picks 
So for me, um, I'm sitting there, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there talking on mute. Uh, for me, Nolan Smith, um, I'm actually kind of shocked that he that, that that he went this high. Um, I had him, you know, picked in the in, in the high teens, um, based off of some other you know different factors. How I saw the draft kind of falling, but ultimately. I think this is a, a, a victim uh, a circumstance, if you will. Uh, Nolan Smith is a guy who can come in, like I've been saying a lot this, this, this evening, and plug and play in, in, into a defense that has struggled to do anything right. They, they've given up the most points. They can't, they can't hold on and secure league late. Um, I mean, <laughs> the, 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 there's so much going on with, with, with the Atlanta Falcons right now. Um, so the fact that they went defense here doesn't shock me. Um, I, I, I did have them airmarked to go receive. I think this is the first receiver that will come off the board. Um, you know, I, I think Smith and Jigba comes off here um, when, this, when, when this thing goes live on on Thursday. I just figure if you pair Smith and Jigba with Kyle Pitts, um, and, and, and give Desmond Ritter uh, some legitimate, you know, catchers, some options. I, I think this is going to be well for him. But we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens on, on Thursday when Thursday gets here. But, um, heck, Nolan Smith going this late, going, going this early is, is not a bad pick. All right, Mike, All right, you're back so... on the clock with the Bears. Uh, Bears. So the Bears. With the Bears' uh, first pick, why is it that I never get the music? Uh, 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 I'm confused. Thank you. Uh, so, with the first with pick, uh, what is this, nine? No, ten? Yep, pick nine. Yep. nine. Um, the Chicago Bears make it a, a pair of Georgia boys going back-to-back, back. and I take Broderick Jones' offensive tackle. I think the one thing that the Bears still need is some help on that line, and I think a guy that can pass block and, and really help this team. I think this may be a little bit high for Broderick Jones, and so I was tempted to look on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, if you're going to commit to Justin Fields, I think you need to at least uh, – put a good line in front of him and hopefully later on in the draft get him some more weapons. But I go Broderick Jones here. So Jones is an interesting pick. Um, I think it, same position, different player, maybe Peter Skronsky from Northwestern might be, um, might be the pick here. Um, I don't doubt that they, um, that they take a swing at the offensive tackle for the same reasons that um, the Raiders did in pick, at pick seven. Uh, it's a very weak class, and they're not going to get a starting caliber offensive tackle in round two at this point. So um, I can definitely see that being the way it goes. So for me, the, the, the way my mind is working, I, I think me and Mr. Harvey are in lockstep with what's going uh, offensive line, I just probably would have went with the gentleman out of Tennessee, uh, Darnell White here. Um, I just think he's a little bit better, um, you know, than, 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 than Broderick. However, 
again, I, there's not really a wrong answer there. I, I think either one of these two gentlemen uh, will definitely come in and help the Chicago Bears if that's the pick. Um, you really want to protect your, your investment. You committed, like you alluded to, to Justin Fields. Um, you went out and picked up some, some running backs and, 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 you know, solidified some offensive weapons. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out, but I do like the fact that the offensive lineman was the pick here. Yeah, I just don't think the tackles go this early. Um, I, I'm not I'm not against them picking a tackle. I feel like they're in the position to go best available because of the off season that they had, the run of defensive players that they got. I just oh feel like God. they would go. <laughs> I, I just sorry, feel like yeah, they would I thought, go offense. I thought, I thought I was on mute. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're, you're <laughs> talking all over. No, I just I feel like they would go offense, but uh, defense. I mean, but um, I'm not I'm not gonna kill the pick. I think it 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 could go either way, but um, yeah, I would have gone defense. All right, villain, you are up with the Philadelphia Eagles at pick ten. All right, whoever did this mock draft, I'm going to slap the hell out. Because how do I get the Eagles? All right, I hate the freaking Eagles, all right? But whatever, <laughs> hit my music. Hit the music! <laughs> Hold on one second. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, with the 10th the pick in the overall draft, the Eagles suck, but they select <laughs> they select Christian Gonzalez, cornerback, Oregon. I, I really feel like they're going to go defense. I don't think on offense outside of running back. I disagree with the, the – I know where Sirius and TP's mind is, and we argued about this. I don't see them picking running back at 10. I just don't. And I really think that they can wait. Um, they have another pick in this round. I think that's where they go running back. I think they go best available on defense. I think I was toying with Joey Porter uh, from Penn State, but honestly, I feel like the Gonzalez at Oregon is he just when he when you can run a four three eight at at and he he he's got ball skills that are pretty darn good. I think he had about four interceptions last year. Um, I think when you got the two corners, I was surprised they bought Slay and Bradbury back, but probably a one-year deal virtually. So you're going to need young cornerbacks to back them up. I think Gonzalez is the right pick. I fully agree with you. Um, the second round has definitely starter caliber. Um uh, cornerbacks, but I think there is a significant uh, dip between uh, Christian Gonzalez and a, a guy like Porter or Banks, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, in the right situation, Porter's probably better, but um, I think in the Eagles-specific scheme, Christian Gonzalez is a home run. Um, I also agree that this is not a landing spot at 10 for B. John Robinson. It's the general manager of this team has been there for 
a long time and has never picked a first round running back. All of the um, all of the cap math tells you that it's not wise to pick a running back or offensive guard in um, in round one unless they are incredibly special. So um, I, I just don't. I just don't see it as a top 10 pick maybe in the twenties because Bijan is just that special totally. But I, um, I think that Gonzalez is, is a very good pick for the Eagles in round one. Gonzalez almost didn't make it past that uh, pick for the bears right there. Um, If he's sitting here, I think the Eagles have to draft him. If he's not sitting here, maybe some team loves him over uh, the kid Weatherspoon, but I could see them definitely taking a corner with this pick. I know there's a big temptation to take Robinson. Um, I think he could be there, as we talked about later on in the round. Um, I like Christian Gonzalez. I think he's a nice player, and I think that's probably the right pick. So, for me, gentlemen, I, again, I don't hate the pick. Um, I just think if you're going to go cornerback, I just think that you're going to go – I can see Joey Porter Jr. coming off here, which is going to, you know, suck for me because I, I want him at Pittsburgh. But, you know, you got a guy who can play bump and run. you can die, you got a guy who is very, very good in playing zone. He's a sure tackler. You know, you really got to solidify your defensive defensive edge here. And again, I think the pick was right. I, I think you know, corner the position. Excuse me, the position was right. I just I just think of, I I may be biased. I'm not I'm not gonna hold you. I, I may be biased. You know what I'm saying? Because he's a Penn State guy and this that the third. But I, I I think Porter is the better play um, for the Philadelphia Eagles based on based on how they play defense, based on how they tend to play defense. I just I I just think he's a little more physical. Um, and honestly, has played in, and played in a much tougher conference and much bigger games. Um, having the Philadelphia Eagles is going to lean on that. But again, I digress. I mean, if, if Christian Gonzalez comes off the board here at ten, that means you know Porter slides you know further down to to, to me at you know when if I try to pick Philadelphia, so I ain't mad at it. All right, I'm up with the Tennessee Titans. Um, the board is looking very good, and there's a bunch of tempting op- options. Uh, it's funny, like the the two quarterbacks available remind me a lot of Jake Locker and um, and Vince Young. So, so being a Tennessee, being the Tennessee Titans right now, it is incredibly scary. Um, it's a matter of which one of them I want right now. I mean, right now we're looking at Ryan Tannehill, who's turning 34 this year or 35 this year, either way. Um, it's time to think about the future at the position. Um, obviously, B. John Robinson is also in play when we, um, when we're thinking about, when they're thinking about also um, trade rumors have been going all around for uh, Derek Henry as well. Um, but with the way the board fell, with the 11th pick in the 2023 NFL draft. The Tennessee Titans select Anthony Richardson, quarterback from Florida. 
Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if Richardson falls to them at 11, it's the logical pick. And I think – I just don't – I don't think Richardson falls, but you can't go into your another season with Ryan Tannehill. And I don't think Tennessee believes in Willis. I just don't feel it. So with that being said, I think you do take a shot at a quarterback, and I do think if Richardson is there, he's the guy Listen. I see that the accuracy issues are really a product of the talent around him and not his throwing ability. I think he could use more seasoning to uh, Mike's point, but numbers don't show, don't show right on tape. And I've seen him make some throws that do. So Richardson to me has, is the physically most gifted quarterback in this draft size and arm strength. I don't know how you would pass on him if you were Tennessee. And um, this doesn't mean that they instantly move on from Brian Tannehill. Like if they still like Tannehill, I would. Um, in spite, because um, he they could give um, Richardson a year to develop behind Tannehill and then take over the year after. Um, let him kind of work out some of the kinks in his footwork, stuff like that. Um, either way, it's an incredibly high upside play that could set them looking pretty for years, or um, have them lose the uh, lose their jobs. You know, it's it's kind of an all or nothing with Anthony Richardson, but I still think that it's the right choice. So for me, gentlemen, I mean, I, I, I'm gonna keep it a buck. I think if Anthony Richardson comes off here, he's set up, he's set up to fail. Um, I think he has tremendous upside. However, if you are the Tennessee Titans, I, I just don't think that there's going to be enough grace and, and, you know, patience to allow this guy to develop into the quarterback that they ultimately want him to become. Let's keep in mind you know, they have struck out several, several times at this position. Um, and now you go into a situation where you have a potentially a rookie quarterback, um, you know, and, you know, King Henry is linked to all these, these trade rumors and things of that nature. So we don't even know if going into next year, Derrick Henry is going to be there. You know, you have Traylon Burks, who was on the field, off the field a ton, Last year, dealing with injury, things of that nature. You have a defensive-minded coach um, and Mike Vrabel, um, and you got this guy coming in with all this ability and all this, you know, big arm and this, that, and the third with a team that's not necessarily set up for him to be successful. Um, I'm not negating the fact that Ryan Tannehill, that he's a scrub and his, and his days of playing quarterback. Uh, for the Tennessee Titans or for any other team in general are significantly numbered. I just do not personally believe that Richardson here is a pick. Now, again, we can make the argument that he should have gone before then. Again, I'm not a fan, and this is just me personally, I'm not a fan of selecting quote-unquote project quarterbacks significantly high in the draft 
um, especially on teams that can A, win a division, or B, um, have toyed with Super Bowl aspirations um, previously. So I can keep talking about this situation, but for the sake of time, I'll pause. But I'm not a fan of this pick here, even though I do understand why the GM made it. I'm just not a fan of it. I like the upside with Richardson. Um, he's got jaw-dropping talent when you see him play. I think this team needs a receiver. I think there's other needs on this team. And, I mean, I agree that they're probably not sold on Willis. Um, and that uh, might be part of the reason why we've seen some changes in this organization. But um, I don't. I don't love the pick. Um, I I think that there are some other directions that we could have gone there. But um, to Sirius's point, I understand it. Speaking of Sirius, uh, you are on the clock with the second pick of the Houston Texans. All right, gentlemen. The Houston Texans um, can go a myriad of different ways with, with this particular pick. Um, they passed on a quarterback um, in, in the earlier pick. Uh, they went defensive. Um, they went defense there. Um, and there, there have been many different ways you can go. Um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you can go wide receiver here. A lot of people say you can potentially um, go offensive lineman here. But I honestly think that, if the Houston Texans, um, you know, at, at the 12th pick, I, I, I really feel if the Houston Texans go, let me hit this. With the 12th pick in the 2023 NFL draft, the Houston Texans pick Will Levitt, quarterback, Kentucky. Um, my thinking behind this is is is, is twofold. Um, you need to solidify the quarterback position, and I'm not saying uh, that this guy is going to be a Hall of Famer, but I don't believe that you can go get yourself a receiver until you have yourself a legitimate quarterback for him to throw to. Um, and for me, my thinking is picking uh, a Jackson Smith and Jigba here would be a misuse of this pick, picking up a uh, Quentin Johnson or, or, or Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison or, or any of these guys who um, potentially can go in the first round or early second round would just be a misuse of the pick. Um, if you went, you know, defensive, you know, linebacker with, with the with the second overall pick, um, with as the quarterback of your defense, you, in my opinion, sitting here at 12, have to go get the quarterback of your offense. And I, and I think that Will Levis is, is, is that guy. So for all reasons, um, I think that's what's going to happen here on Thursday with the 12 picks. Honestly, like, I, with the way that this board fell for the Houston Texans, the Texans completely won the draft up to this point. Um I honestly think that um, with the draft capital that the Texans have, that I wouldn't be surprised if they take Will Anderson at two and then try to trade up for Will Levis. Um, 
pick three, pick five, pick six, um, and use some of that draft capital that they have already to make a play for the quarterback at that point. Um, so it's it wouldn't so being able to land him in a no trades draft all the way down at 12 is, is pretty spectacular. Um, I am not the biggest Will Levis fan. Uh, I think he has potential. Um, he's a little, little raw, little comes. I mean, Anthony Richardson is very raw, but Will Levis is a little raw. He kind of reminds me of, um, Mitchell Trubisky as a, as a prospect. Uh, it doesn't mean that he's going, that the career is going to turn out that way. It just, um, the style of play that he has reminds me a lot of Mitchell Trubisky. Um, but overall, it, it's definitely worth a chance at 12 to to make that run at Will Levis. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the quarterbacks will be available for for the Texans to pick um, the top four guys at this point. I, I don't see them being desperate to go get Hooker from Tennessee. But if a, one of the three, four quarterbacks is available at this pick, you have to pick this draft, and you have to have, you have to after this pick sit back and think you won your draft because you addressed two big holes on the defensive side and the offensive side that you need. Now you still need a receiver. I think they go with um, Smith at um, at this pick, but I can't. I can't argue if this is how the draft falls. I'll be honest with you. I will say on this network multiple times over um, if I'm wrong, but I do not like Will Levis as a player. I've said this on every platform I've been on. Uh, I think this guy has all the makings of a bust in this league. And I know that's a tough word to say. My guy coming into the draft, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of this dude. I just, he's got a huge arm, and I think a lot of people are gonna fall in love with that arm talent. Um, but very cavalier, like I question a lot of the decision making. I would rather have Richardson if I could pick one, if I were gonna uh, pick one for upside. And I'm not sure that. I'm not sure that the guy you just mentioned, Hooker, isn't going to be a better pro at some point than Will Levis. Uh, and that, that's just my opinion, and I can definitely be wrong on it. And I promise I will say it on this network, on any of our many shows, shows if I'm wrong about Will Levis as a prospect in, this, in the NFL. That being said, if you didn't go quarterback with your first pick and you take Will Anderson – and you get a quarterback here and you like the player, you definitely have to make the move. I personally like Hooker more than Levis, but I don't. I disagree with you. I think Levis is going to be just fine in, this bro, in the pros. He's the most mature at 24 years old. I think he's got to cut down the turnovers, but the arm talent is there. I just don't think – I think Hooker at this point with the injury at 12 is a complete reach. But – Houston needs a quarterback, and I think you you insert Levis right away. That's just how I feel. All right, villain, yeah. you are on the. Oh, uh, sorry, serious. I didn't know if you went or not. No, no, no. For no, clarification no, 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 purposes. I made the pick. Wait for oh. clarification purposes. 
I am not in any way saying that Hooker should be the pick with pick 12. I just no, I never said that. I didn't say you said that. I just said Hooker's a reach. Hooker's a reach at 12. I, I, that's yeah. why. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like he slides to the late second, early third. But I, I think if the four quarterbacks are off the board, I don't see the Texans picking Hooker. You know what I mean? Because they need a quarterback. No, I, I think they can wait I two rounds again. I 100% agree with you there. I'm just not sure. I, I think Hooker I, – I still think Hooker's going to be a better pro if he can stay healthy. Imagine if if the Texans passed on the quarterback, took the receiver, Smith, uh, Jabba, and then somehow in the, the maybe second, maybe third round, probably third round, they still end up with Hooker. Imagine that. It would it would uh it would definitely be or or maybe even because I mean once you're done here I guess Will Levis could have gone could go 14 but um yeah but uh villain all the quarterbacks are off the board and you are Green Bay at 13. Well, not all the quarterbacks are off the board, but I mean the ones that anybody's talking about or we're talking about is off the board, right? So mm-hmm. um, the Packers the Packers finally did it. The Aaron Rodgers era is over. Thank God, because I'm tired of turning on the TV and listening to everybody cry. Is he going to be a Jet? Is he going to play? Is it, I don't care. Get lost. I don't care. The Packers, I, I bet, are just as ecstatic as I am that they don't have to talk about Aaron Rodgers no more. But with that said, with the 13th pick in the draft, via from the New York football Jets, the Green Bay Packers select Jackson Smith, Jabba, receiver, Ohio State. I don't think he's going to be there, but if he's there, he's the perfect fit because you have to get weapons to go around your your quarterback of the future and and Jordan. uh, So, Jordan Love. So, listen, I think they probably would have gone tight end. But I think if the, this kid is there, this is the kid you pick. And this is the first time that they've picked an offensive weapon in the first round in quite some time. So for, I think this is where you have to do it because you have you have love. You've got to give him weapons. You've got to give him people to throw to. And you've got to see if this kid can do it. This is the pick. So, as a resident Big Ten guy, I've seen Jackson Smith and Jigba up close and personal. And if you're able to compare Jackson Smith and Jigba with Christian Watson, the rookie you drafted a season ago, um, you know, the Green Bay Packers, you know, I I know something to be all world, but they're going to have some weapons to throw to. And Jackson Smith Jigba, in my opinion, is best route runner in this draft. Um, he's very, very durable, makes combat catches, um, can take uh, a bubble screen and go to distance in a blink of an eye. Um, so, I mean, I, I love the pick. Um, I think Jordan Love, if this is a pick, um, you know, here for the, for, for the – for the Green Bay Packers at 13, I, I think it's a good pick. Um, I'm curious to see what they do there. Because, um, I mean, at the end of the day, they only technically have Jordan Love for a season or two. Um, so do you go offensive line? Do you go 
defense, um, the biggest one of the biggest issues that the, the Green Bay Packers had uh, last year um, was in the defensive secondary. So could, could, could this be where, you know, Porter comes off? Could, could this be where, you know, Brian Branch, the safety, the cornerback from Alabama, comes off the board? Um, so time will tell. Um, but if Jackson Smith and Jigba is the pick, if he is indeed the pick, uh, for the Green Bay Packers there, then yo, that's gonna be bananas. That's gonna be bananas if that's that. If that's the pick. Yeah, I mean, as far as what the um, Packers should do, that's definitely what they should do. Um, uh, Christian Watson is the taller um, style of uh, wide receiver. So getting in Jigba, the kind of the the shorter speedster kind of guy um, to to complement Christian Watson is is a is a great pick. I think honestly, I think that the Packers have something against picking uh, wide receivers in the first round. Um, the only wide receiver that they did take a look at, uh, at least in their private workouts, which I want to um, emphasize, does not necessarily mean anything, but the only one, the only first round wide receiver that I've seen them work out is, in fact, Quentin Johnson, um, the TCU wide receiver, who's currently rumored to fall completely out of the first round. Um, Dalton Kincaid, I think, when the real draft comes, is probably going to be a lot closer to what we see at 13. But, um, but at this point, I, I don't think that. Um, I think the right choice is absolutely Jackson Smith and Jigba. I I think Smith and Jigba too, and, and I say that because, you know, if Quentin Johnson played in a manner that was indicative of his size, then that's a guy that I would probably really give a lot of strong consideration to. But uh, Quentin Johnson's a guy that's six foot four and plays like he's five eleven. Um, and so I take this guy, I, I agree that he's a very good route runner, uh, very fast-twitch guy. Uh, you can do a lot with him. And now you pair him with the lengthy Christian Watson. Maybe a, maybe Romeo Dubs has a better year this year for them as well. Um, so I, I think this is the right pick because I think if you're going to go with Jordan Love, which they clearly are, then I think you have to give him – all the weapons that you can to give him a fair audition to be your franchise quarterback. All right. So, Mike, you are on back-to-back with the Patriots and the Jets. Okay. So, I would just like to make one thing clear. Um, If I have to pick for the Falcons... Uh, Barry, cry me a river with your, uh, with your, you having to pick for the Eagles. Dude, because, nobody uh, plays the Falcons on the same level as the Eagles. Dirty birds, wrong birds. No, no, no listen, this, listen, that, that's your East Coast bias speaking because in the South, <laughs> in, in, in the South, the Saints-Falcons is a big rivalry um, to those people in that part of the country. 
as Giants Eagles are up north. I promise. What you know about um, Dirty South? I grew up there. Uh, so, uh, because the Falcons made a bonehead pick with Broderick Jones, um, if I am the Patriots right here, I am absolutely thrilled to get Peter Skaronsky the lineman from Northwestern. Hey, I should have waited. For the 13th pick, the New England Patriots, 14th pick, the New England Patriots, select Peter Skaronsky, lineman Northwestern. Um, I, I like the pick. Um, some people are a little scared off of Skaronsky because of arm length specifically. They, um, a lot of people are thinking that he might just um, scooch into the offensive guard position at the next level. Um, so it's while I would be personally surprised if he fell all the way to 14, it's not beyond. Um, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I, I honestly don't think he will be there at 14. I mean, I, I, I don't think – I think the tackles don't get picked until 14, but um, Patriots definitely need a tackle. I think the – I think Philadelphia is, is, is a really good pickup. Um, he, he won't be the best tackle, but – um, I think he'll be a really good tackle for for at least ten years, and that's what the Patriots really need. So for me, um, obviously, offensive line is, is definitely an area of need here. But one area to, to keep in mind is wide receiver. Um, they have yet to draft one that someone have panned out. Um, and you did go out this offseason and pick up Juju Smith-Schuster, um, but he, he is not a number one receiver. Okay, take it from the guy who drafted him. Um, so with that being said, you can probably see Jordan Addison come off the board here. Uh, again, Quentin Johnson could possibly come off the board here. However, if, if Peter Sorowski or Darnell White, you know, uh, are, are available. Um, I can definitely see a case where this is the pick. I do believe that the Patriots want to get back to, to running the football, protecting Matt Jones, who took a hell of a beating last year, missed some significant games with an ankle and and and, and, a, and a bunch of other stuff. We we, we, we were going out spending sad money on a dude named Zappy <laughs> in fantasy football, you know what I'm saying? So, um, mm-hmm. so I, I, I do believe that the need to protect, you know, your quarterback and get back to some resemblance of a, of, of a balanced offense, it's paramount here. So going with Peter Sorowski, um, you know, should this be the pick, you know, I, I definitely understand it. And that being said, the Patriots do not have, and I know controversy you're going to uh, speak up, uh, but the, the Patriots do not have the best track record. Uh, for picking receivers in the first round. So if I'm a wide receiver, uh, I'd be scared to be picked by the Patriots in the first round. (laughs) So J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. So this is a tough pick here, but uh, I'm waiting on my music. Oh, hold 
Hold on one second. Do, 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 do. But the what is this? The fifteenth pick. Yep, fifteenth. Yeah. In, in the yep. in the first round, um, I'm going to upset the apple cart here and upset my brother from another mother, and select cornerback Joey Porter from Penn State. And there is no shortage of wide receivers, gentlemen, um, in this division. Uh, I'm looking at Miami with all the weapons that they have. I'm looking at, at Buffalo with uh, the weapons that they have. Um, and then, of course, New England doesn't have any weapons. But if you want to eventually climb to the top in the AFC, you're also going to have to uh, match up against teams that have a plethora of good receivers uh, looking across it, like Cincinnati and and Kansas City. So, uh, if I can get a guy who can play bump and run, if I can get a guy who is physical at the corner position, if I can get the guy who's not intimidated by matchups and the guy that's going to, you know, be willing to stick his head in there and make plays on the defensive side of the ball, I think Joey Porter is a dog in the most positive way that you can spin it. And so, for me, if I'm the Jets and I can get Joey Porter with pick, with pick 15, I'll take it. Um, you know, this is my dad's team, so I, I have kind of semi-adopted them for this year because I miss my dad. But if my dad was here, he would absolutely disagree with you. And I don't think that Porter is a bad pick. I love Joey Porter. But you got Aaron Rodgers that you just brought into the building. Mekhi Becton can't – I don't think he knows the way to the field. I don't think he knows where MetLife Stadium is because he's barely played <laughs> since he's been there. I mean, I, I think he keeps going to – to. I don't know where he goes. I don't know. No, he just can't stay on the field. And Brown, you can't rely on Dwayne Brown. So I think they go to offensive linemen. I, I, like I said, I think they get the pick after the, the Patriots with the, the tackles. Um so I see them going tackle here. I do not see them going defense. They have one of the best defenses in the league, and they got Sauce Gardner. I don't think they go cornerback at this pick. I can definitely see that. So, Darnell Wright is the other guy that I almost took right here. I, I just think you never can have enough good corners. No, I, I agree, and, and, and that's but honestly, I think Wright is the better pick. And see, that's honestly why, in my opinion, if they went Joey Porter Jr. here, it wouldn't shock me because literally you solidify uh, your cornerbacks and you dare them to, you know, teams to beat you inside. Going outside, especially keep in mind, you're in the AFC. So you're going to have to deal with the Buffalo Bills. You're going to have to deal with the Kansas City Chiefs, the LA Chargers, and, you know, whatnot on a consistent basis if you have playoff and Super Bowl aspirations, so you want to solidify that outside um, the Miami Dolphins, if you will, with, you know, with what they bring to the table. Um, so you want to solidify that outside and going and getting a guy like a Joey Porter Jr. Uh, to pair with Sauce Gardner is, is, is one, hell of a, one hell of a move if the, if the New York Jets pull it off. I understand you just got Aaron Rodgers and you want to put the offensive line and all that, and again, I, I get that, you know. And again, if that, that's where they go, 
once again, as I've said so frequently this evening, that wouldn't shock me. However, at the end of the day, the pick was Joey Porter Jr. Um, and as much as I hate the pick, you know, as a Silla fan, it, it, it's a smart pick. It's a very, very, very smart pick. Um, yeah, personally, I'm right there with Villain. I think Darnell Wright was the right pick here. Um, or Anton Harrison, if you'd rather. I personally would rather Darnell Wright. Um, I think that um, making a complete no-fly zone in uh, in New York is sounds like a a very tempting proposition, but with you bringing in Aaron Rodgers with Nakai Becton being Nakai Becton, it's um, I think that under the circumstances, Darnell Wright would have been the correct pick here. But um, now it is time for the villain to step up to the plate with the Washington football commanders team. Okay, so I I, I had Porter here, man. Um, everybody's ruining my draft, ruining my, my, my mojo, my existence here. So um, I got to go... Um, I got to go off the books here. So with the 16th pick in the draft, hit thank you, thank you. I I say that uh, – why do I get the commanders in the Eagles? What are you guys doing? They get Deontay <laughs> Banks. Yeah, exactly. I hate you guys. Deontay Banks, quarterback, Maryland. Um, I really feel like they got burned in their secondary this year, the Commanders did. I think if their defensive line is healthy, they'll be just fine. Um, If they believe in Howell, I think they go defense and they shore up that back end because they got passed on all over the place. They could not stop anybody. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Hooker – is picked there if they don't believe in Howell. But I do think they like Howell. So I think they'll go corner. I think they'll show up the, the, the pass game. I would have picked Porter, but if they can't, I'm going Banks. So okay. I so, – um, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, Deontay Banks um, definitely um, – optimized his his value in the in the process um blowing up the combine was a very very good start um i think that he's probably the i think there's definitely a gap between deontay banks and the next best corner um which is like i don't know cam smith maybe i'm not sure um but, um, but no. Uh, if if that's uh, where you need to go, because when it comes to value of of, um, of positions, the needs that the Washington Commanders need, guard, center, linebacker, um, are not major big time needs. So, I think that um, that works out very well for them. So, for for me, um, I like Banks here. You know, obviously he he went to Maryland, um, so he, he, he a hop, skip, and a jump. 
uh, from where I went to school. Um, I would have went tight in here for, 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 for me if I was picking with the commanders. Um, you know, you want to surround Sam Howe with as many eligibles as possible. Um, this guy, Dalton Kincaid from, I believe he's from Iowa, I believe. Um, Utah, excuse me, from Utah. Um, he, he, he reminds me of a miniature Gronk, if you will. And if you got, you know, the enemy in, in the building calling plays, you got Terry McLaurin, you got um, you got Curtis Samuel, you got um, Jahan Dotson last year, you, you bring in a Brian Robinson, you bring in Antonio Gibson is still there. Um, so you just need a tight end who's able to stay healthy. Logan Thomas hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, so I'll probably, for, for, for me, would have went uh, Kincaid here, but the fact that you went uh, Banks, you know, once again, you need to be able to stop somebody. Um, and they were burnt badly in the defensive secondary a lot last year. William Jackson, um, again, the experiment didn't work out. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the fact that the, the GM went with, with the secondary help here, that doesn't shock me. Mr. Harvey. Yeah, I um, I could see the need for them to get a corner, and that could be you know the biggest hurdle as far as um, whether or not Joey Porter makes it to the Steelers if he doesn't go uh, with this pick. Um, there are a couple of different directions that they could go, but uh, when I look at the drop off. Uh, after this position, um, I can see the pick. I might have, uh, I might have considered, I might have considered a receiver here, but just none of them really jump off the page at me. And so, to your point, um, I think it could be a tight end, uh, either Kincaid from Utah, or if they're blown away by the kid from Notre Dame, I, I think you could see a tight end taken. All right, Sirius, you were up with the um, the Pittsburgh Steelers at eighteen or at seventeen. So, so I'm I'm gonna keep it a whole buck with you guys. The fact that Joey Porter's off the board really, you know, grinds my gears, if you will. The fact that Beyonce Banks is off the board um, also really irks me to no end. I, I, I'm as a, as the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I hate you both. Um, I wish bad things for all of you. Um, I hope you have uh, water in your cereal and not milk. I hope you have water in your cereal and not milk, and I hope there's not enough cream for your coffee. But with that being said, (laughs) the picture. With the 17th pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Brian Branch, cornerback, Alabama. Um, honestly, we as the Pittsburgh Steelers are in love with Alabama products. Um, we got Mika Fitzpatrick back there. We decided to not resign uh, Terrell Edmonds. Uh, so the need at safety um, and nickel cornerback is there. We did do some things this offseason to address that. 
but everybody brought in, including Patrick Peterson, is on a one-year, actually it's on a two-year deal. So the need to address that through the draft to get some young talent in there is paramount. Um, the pedigree of the Alabama Crimson Tide defensively speaks for itself. I do believe, based off of my own math, that this is going to be the fourth Crimson Tide off the board within the first 17 picks. Um, and I think that if we were able to get this guy in the building um, and pair him with what we currently have on the roster, that would be big for us um, being the Pittsburgh Steelers. How is Darnell Wright still on the board in the Steelers of picking? You are the worst GM I've ever seen. Worst. Absolute worst. <laughs> no, I would go. I would go tackle. I think he's the best right tackle in the draft, and he can start day one. Yeah, but the biggest need I think for them is that left tackle. I think Dan Moore is the thing that needs to be upgraded more than um than the gentleman on the other side that I can't remember. Um Darnell Wright, just for um for fairness sake. Um I don't mind Brian Branch. Um he cause uh, worst case scenario you have an above average nickel corner in a league that runs three wide more than it ever has in its history. So getting a Brian Branch there who has a nose for the football makes a lot of sense. Once again, not the pick I would have made, but um, I understand it. I think that if the board falls right, I think that one of those two corners that were just picked will be there for the Steelers, and I think that will be the pick in the first round. If I don't have any of the best guys, I understand the branch pick, um, but I'd probably take I probably take right if he's there. Uh, but I definitely understand the pick. All right, I am on the clock. Oh, go. no, no, you good, you good. Okay, um, so uh, I'm on the clock with 18 in the Detroit Lions. They have already picked uh, Devin Witherspoon with the sixth overall pick. Um, right now, I have really three, we'll call it four options um, on my on my lap right now. Bijan Robinson is still available. He's probably a top five talent if you um, disregard positional value in this draft class. And he's still sitting there at 18. Um, DeAndre Swift has had trouble staying on the field and has one year left on his contract unless the Lions decide to pick up a fifth-year option. Dalton Kincaid is available, um, best tight end in the draft class. Um major receiving threat and um and the Lions traded um TJ Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings. Um but with the depth of this tight end class, I'm sure they can find one at forty six or forty eight, I mean, excuse me. Uh then Miles Murphy is also available at, at the edge position, which um is not a colossal need, especially um, considering how well James Houston has been as a pass rusher for um, for this team 
in passing only situations, but they do need a guy to be able to pass rush in non-pass down situations. Then finally, Kalijah Kansi, the defensive tackle from Pittsburgh that's been um, connected to the Detroit Lions since um, since the combine because of his eerily similar stats um, as far as physicality to um, one Aaron Donald or Donald, sorry. Um, but with all that said, with the 18th overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions select Bijan Robinson, halfback out of Texas. It took you long enough to make the pick. I was going to yeah, exactly. try and hit you if you did. That was, that was the guy. Get I mean, the Bucs jumped your pick. If you took this long, they jumped your damn pick. But I don't hate the pick controversy. I don't love it. I feel like they need they have more needs on the defensive line um, than they do at running back. But I don't I don't disagree with that. They probably will take a running back in this draft. I just don't think it's going to be this high. So, you know what, it's this time of the show where, you know, I really enjoy disappointing with Villain, um, and I, he couldn't be more wrong here. For first and foremost, case could be made that B. John Robinson uh, would have been the pick for the Detroit Lions at six. Um, you know, this is a guy. Now I know you're the worst GM in the world. Now I know you're the worst This GM. is a guy that would six. go from, yeah, okay. You got, got to go from zero to 100 really, really, really quick. I think that at the end of the day, the Detroit Lions got a significant steal uh, with picking up B. John Robinson uh, here late in, in, in the first round at, at 18. Um, and, again, you pay, I mean, even if you pair him with DeAndre Swift, um, and they run a two-headed monster, if you will, um, I think that the trajectory of the Detroit Lions, you know, is significantly um, in a better place than it was a season ago based off of the success that they had, not to mention the division has gotten significantly, quote-unquote, easier with the departure of uh, that dude that wears 12 that used to play with Green Bay. So I, I like the fact you surrounded Jared Goff with more weapons. you got a guy who um, didn't really come off the field much, um, as a running back at Texas, and you got him here at 18. That was a hell of a pick. I like the pick. Mr. Harvey. I, um, I think he brings a lot of value to this team. I still think, uh, once again, uh, I'm not mad at the pick at all. I think it would have been a stretch with the sixth pick. Uh, but at the same time, I would not fault the Lions if they saw a guy that they thought could be a difference maker on the defensive side of the ball. Because once again, I think their offense is high octane. High octane is going to be able to score. Um, I can understand adding another piece to this, um, but I would still be tempted if I were the Lions to use both these first round picks to fortify the defensive side of the football. 
All right. Um, so, Mr. Harvey, you are on deck with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Once again, just like Barry, I'm having to pick another uh, rival team here. Um, but I think this guy has fallen uh, pretty far. And I don't think he's going to be here at this point in the draft. But if I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, if he's still sitting here, I select Dawson Kincaid tight end from Utah. Yeah. 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 I just think he's a difference maker. I think he's an athlete. I think he brings a lot to this team. And whether it be Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, you've got to have some weapons, and it doesn't hurt to have an athletic tight end on the field. Yeah, I think it's a great. I don't, I don't see him falling that far. But if he does, they'd be a fool to pass on. Yeah, the the guy was in serious consideration for the um for the Green Bay Packers at thirteen. So seeing him drop to nineteen, uh, I can I can understand why he fell. The reason why he fell, at least in my opinion, is the um the just sheer depth of the the um tight end core or the tight end. Um, position in this draft, um, Michael Myers still um, Michael Myers is still there. Darnell Washington's there. Um, uh, Luke Musgrave is there, and I can almost guarantee that one of them is going to fall down to the middle or lower part of the um, of the second round, which is why I didn't pay, take one at uh, why I didn't take Dalton Kincaid at eighteen personally, but, um, yeah. I mean, Dalton Kincaid checks off a lot of boxes. He He's a cat pass catcher, and he can block. I don't know how you pass this kid up. No, I, I agree with you. I, I love the pick. I mean, he played in Utah. We all saw what he was able to do, um, you know, uh, versus USC. Um, and mm-hmm. and that in the, in the conference championship game, um, mm-hmm. he literally single handedly, in my opinion, won him that ball game. Every big catch was 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 made by him. Everybody in the stadium knew where that ball was going, and you couldn't stop him. Um, and so you get him into a situation where there's some little bit of a question mark at the quarterback position. You got Baker Mayfield there. We don't expect them, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to come out of this draft without addressing that particular position. Um, you have Mike Evans there still, Chris Godwin there still. Um, so, and then you drafted a running back last year. His name escapes me. Um, but again, you got some weapons there if you're if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You still have some situations to deal with. Um, as far as David wanting a contract extension and things of that nature on the defense side of the ball, um, but if but, 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 but with this pick at 19, you literally set your offense up to be somewhat decent and not really really stagnant. If Baker Mayfield, not this is a big ask for for Baker Mayfield, but if he doesn't go out there and lose you the ball game, he has enough weapons around him to help him win it, if you will. You can't really afford to double on the outside because Kincaid can eat up a linebacker matched up in the middle of the field. You really can't afford to double Kincaid in the middle of the field because you got Godwin and Edwin 
on the outside that can blow the top off at any given time. So all Baker Mayfield has to do, this is providing he is still the guy come week one, um, is not go out there and lose it. So I, I'm in love with the pick here, especially at 19, should Kincaid fall that far. All right, and with pick number 20 in the final pick of part one of our two-part um, NFL draft series, Villain, you are on the clock. Yes, yes, the villain gets the pick for Seattle again. I think this is this is funny because it's not a rival, but shout out to my my my, my friend Seamus that passed away a couple a month or two ago. I miss him. I miss him a lot, and he was a Seattle fan, and he used to text me and call me about any time the Seahawks were playing the Giants or any time the Seahawks were doing anything. I miss that dude. I love him to death. So um, it's just ironic I get to pick his team twice today. So with that being said, hit my music. Hit the music. I feel like Seattle is going to go defensive line here if they miss on the defensive end that we're going to miss on. So since I already picked Wilson at number uh, five, which I think is an absolute steal, I think they address the other side of the coin that has struggled for them, and that's the cornerback position. A lot of good cornerbacks have come off the board. So I'm going to go with a guy that in my gut I think drops farther than this, but if they have to pick corner, this is the guy they pick. Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback, Mississippi State. He's small, right? 165, 66, I think I read, um, is his weight, six foot. But they said the same thing about Sauce, right? Sauce was small, too slender, and he's the defensive rookie of the year. Um, the only thing that I like about Forbes is 14 interceptions at, at in, in his career at Mississippi State. I don't think you can go wrong with this. I I really think he can I, – I think he'll fall, but if Seattle has to pick a corner, a ball hawk like this is a good way to go. Yeah, and um, Forbes has definitely gotten some recent first-round buzz, so I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in the first round. I think 20 might be a little high for him, but with the, with the board the way it fell, he's probably the um, – he's, he's definitely – in the same tier as the rest of the um, the quarterbacks currently in this class, and wouldn't be surprised at all if, like, maybe five or ten picks later than this that we start seeing Emmanuel Forbes being talked about coming off the board. Um, but I'm right there with you. He's he's a little too thin. He needs some real time in an NFL training room. But that's the biggest and Honestly, the only knock on the guy is he's a little too light, a little too thin, maybe a little too frail. Um, and with that, will he be able to carry that extra 10 or so pounds that he needs to um, to be able to maintain a career in the NFL? Is a question, but if it works out, it's going to work out huge. So I think that it's a um, reasonably decent pick. So this is a You know, guy. honestly, I This is a guy my my dad is a big Mississippi State fan, so I, I sort of keep an eye on him. 
as long as they don't beat LSU, uh, I hope they do good the rest of the year. If they beat LSU, uh, I root for their face to fall off. But, uh, no, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I think physical tools, maybe size-wise and whatever, maybe you consider uh, Cam Smith from South Carolina here. But I, I definitely I like the ball hawking ability. I think a nose for the football is something that you can't always teach. Um, and so um, I, I like the pick. I may have also considered uh, if I were going to go corner, it would have been between Smith and Forbes. I may have considered one of the. Um, I may have considered a receiver or tight end here as well. Um, uh-huh. when trying to decide on this pick. Uh, and then we still we still have uh, Darnell Wright sitting on our board, right? Nobody's that's, picking him yet either. That's kind of so, where I would have went. That's that's exactly where I would have went with that. Honestly, for me, um, it should be one a of the bigger knocks. Well, no, because we're going we're going defense. We're going we're going defense. You're fired. Uh, You're fired. Unless, uh, unless, uh, unless we trade up. All jokes aside, unless we trade up, we're going we're, we're, we're defensive back it up. But with that being said, with with where Seattle has ranked offensively, um, you know, as of last year in the past couple of years, the biggest knock on them was their offensive line. So um, right here would have been a steal because I do believe that Emmanuel Ford, no disrespect to him or what he's been able to accomplish, I don't think he's a day one guy. Um, I think that Ford is somebody that you could possibly get uh, later on in the draft. Again, according to what I'm looking at now, he's the 89th pick um, based off of the, the metrics I'm kind of looking at, how they have things kind of mocked out, especially from a defensive back um, perspective. So with that being said, um, again, I'm not going to knock a man's hustle, you know, if he's able to, you know, get himself into a first round, get himself first round money, so be it. But for me, especially with the with the offensive linemen uh, still on the board, I, I would have went there for for Seattle to kind of help. You know, Kenneth Walker get going to protect Geno Smith, a guy you invested uh, a, a little bit of a bag into this off season, um, and for and for a guy who um, and and. You know, Pete Carroll, who seems to be always on the hot seat. So we'll see what happens with him. But, again, if Forbes is able to go here um, at, at 20, I, again, hats off to him. I, I just have a hard time seeing him go this high. All right. And that is the end of part one of the, um, of the mock draft episode. Um, we will be doing picks 21 through 35 um, tomorrow, starting at the exact same time, 9 o'clock. Let's do final shout-outs um, before we go. Dylan, uh, you can go ahead and go first. For having me, shout-out to you boys, man. Thanks for popping in. See you guys tomorrow on this mock draft series. You're the worst GM in the world. Love you guys, though. <laughs> All right, Michael, uh, go ahead and give your final shout-out before we close up for the day. So, shout-out to uh, Controversy for uh, heading this thing up, man. Your world this time of year. Uh, I know you and I had a uh, show last year during the first round last year, and it was a lot of fun uh, talking about where people might go and just kind of uh, 
live reactions to what was happening uh, during the draft last year. Uh, good times. You can find that if you guys want uh, on our archive shows. But remember, you can listen to any of our shows on any of your smart speaker devices. Uh, just tell uh, A-L-E-X-A to play Sports City Chefs or whatever kind of uh, smart speaker device you have. And um, you can hear us come right into your living room. Uh, shout out to the big homie TP, the, the head man, the boss of this thing, controversy, serious villain. Uh, to Chandler, my co-host on Thursday nights for Roundtable Gumbo. Uh, you guys should pop in with us sometime. And uh, a lot of fun. Look forward to uh, finishing this up tomorrow night. And until then, in the meantime and in between time, my fellas, laissez les bons temps rouler. Cheers, <laughs> go ahead, buddy. I swear that never gets old. It's your boy Sears, Reverend L four one two in the seven oh three, man. It's such a privilege and a pleasure to be able to do this um on a weekly basis, but this particular time of year, man, it, it's fun, man. It's like we're like a kid at Christmas, uh, sitting here waiting for presents to, to be unwrapped. Um, the NFL draft is a spectacle into itself. I, I respect the NBA draft and the MLB draft, but nobody doesn't like the NBA draft. Um, and I, I can't wait to see what takes place. I do believe that over the course of the year, we have successfully uh, predicted some things, and not everything has went chalk. Um, if you went back to how things are kind of played out. But the, the thing I love about this time of year is that the, the, the dialogue that ensues um, you know, between us here in the building and and those across other affiliates that we that, that we talk to, it's just it's, it's just all love and, and, and sports we love that. With that being said, looking forward to doing this with you guys tomorrow. Um, yeah, it, it, it's kind of fun not being the head chef in the kitchen today uh, this week, man. Villain, uh, I hate your guts so so much. Uh, Greenwood, good job, mm-hmm. man. Look forward to doing this with you tomorrow. Uh, Mr. Harvey, man, Vule, Vulu, Shake, Tabe, all that type of fun stuff. I'll catch you guys tomorrow. All right, guys, love y'all. See you tomorrow. It'll be um, it'll be really fun checking these later round picks. Peace. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music.